The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Thank you all for joining us this weekend on Financial Focus Radio. There's, I know that uh, on Monday is the uh, first day of spring. Uh, I forget what they call it, but uh, days keep getting longer, Tim. The sun is out. Uh, baseball season has started. Um, I do. I did have two birthdays in my house last week. I have a, an uh, 18-year-old now. I, tell, I said he had to stay away from the freshmen and sophomores. And I have a 16-year-old who just got her driver's license. So now I have uh, four drivers. My, my uh, car insurance uh, just went through the roof. But happy birthday to both my kids, even though I'm sure they're not listening to the show. How goes it in the Finelli household? Good as always. <laughs> I should ask your wife that question. <laughs> yeah. You just get to go home and be the good guy. Yeah. All right. If you want to be part of the show, you have a question or a comment for us, give us a call, 877-670-7117. You can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So obviously, with what's going on in the capital markets, there is a lot to talk about. But one thing I want to uh, make clear it, you know, there is no crisis. Everybody loves to use the word crisis and emergency. That is not happening right now. The global financial crisis, there was, that was a crisis. But we, I mean, we could get there, but these doofuses on CNBC and all these channels might talk us into that because they are scaring people when they don't need to be. So let's talk about the week that was in the capital market, this is probably going to come as a surprise to you based on if you'd listen to the news. But well, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were up 1.3% last week. Yes, I said up. They finished positive last week. Uh, international developed markets were down 2%. The emerging markets were down about a half a percent. The international markets being lower, of course, had a lot to do with uh, the European Central Bank raised uh, their interest rates by 50 basis points. And... Uh, the big Swiss bank, Credit Suisse, uh, needed a huge cash infusion. And as they said last week, when your country's name is in the bank's title, there's a good chance they're not going to let it fail. <laughs> uh, U.S. small cap stocks really took it on the chin. They've been getting obliterated. And small caps, just to remind you, because you probably, for your regular listeners, know that we've been pimping small cap stocks, and we continue to do it. And I've bought small caps the last three weeks in a row uh, in my own account. Um, but small caps are uh, sort of the leading indicator, sort of canary in the coal mine. They usually lead on the way down. They're the first thing to roll over, but they're the first thing to come ripping back uh, when markets recover. So they were down two and three quarters percent last week. Uh, the big move we saw last week was certainly in the bond market. I mean, we saw breathtaking moves across the whole interest rate yield curve. Uh, it, it was pretty crazy. The aggregate bond index. So think of the S&P 500 for the bond world. It was up 3% in price last week, which for bonds, that is a huge move. So what does that mean? That means interest, interest rates went lower, and they went sharply lower, uh, and the prices of bonds went higher. We saw the yield on the six-month treasury is now 4.72. It was 5.2 uh, just a week ago. The two-year treasury is when we saw the biggest move. It's now 3.85%. The two-year on uh, Thursday, was it Wednesday or Thursday, had the biggest move uh, from an interest rate perspective uh, since since Black, Black Monday, Black Monday yeah. that, that day in 1987, where the S&P lost 25%. It's almost so, astonishing when you looked at yields on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the move in the interest rate world was crazy last week. And it was funny how little it got talked about. Uh, but the reason, and so the 10-year yield 3.4, the reason... Bond yields did what they did last week is there was a tremendous amount of buying pressure. So what happens when risk assets around the world 
people get worried about them. They sell risk assets and everybody around the world buys U.S. Treasuries because they are the risk-free asset. And that means the price of bonds go up and the yields of them go down. And so a week ago when we were talking about yields being really relatively attractive, have backed up quite a bit. We think we'll, we'll, yields will creep back up, uh, but it's amazing. The other part of the market that's really mind-boggling to us is crypto. Bitcoin had a huge move higher last week. Um, it wasn't really talked about, but Josh and I... I think it's the idiosyncrasy around you know, concern about bank failure and uh, that being the narrative driving a lot of that stuff, right? I mean, you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, I, we talked about it and we think it's like this, you know, replacement for the dollar is in the... You know, we think it's crazy, the move, first of all. We, we don't buy the move and we wouldn't want to be part of it, but we think it's, the you know, the sort of the black helicopters and, and <laughs> people that put aluminum foil in their head, well, they're buying it. Speaking to the black helicopters, there was a lot of, uh, you know, the policymakers last weekend, I think, did a pretty poor job at communicating the extent and substance of what they actually engaged yeah, in. Yeah, hold on. Let's, let's get, well, you got to get through. So gold, the, the other part of the crypto move was moved higher, but also gold was up 3%. So yeah. both of those two things similar, you know, it's that idea that. Crypto is just an order of magnitude of gold uh, at this point. Right, from, yeah. a, from a beta standpoint. And then oil got ripped lower. Oil is down 10.5%. You know, it's funny. Oil sits at $66.50 a barrel. Nobody's talked about the huge move lower in the price of the barrel of oil. And the other thing that the, the thought there is that, you know, that, that we're going to have a global slowdown, economic slowdown, and that's why the price of oil uh, rolled over. So obviously the big news last week, and, and Josh just sort of alluded to it, was the trouble in the banking system. It is not a crisis. It's not an emergency, I guess, unless you have your money at Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank. Um, uh, but – you know, the frustrating thing for us, and, and Josh is right. So the Fed came out. They created all these new programs on Sunday. Uh, you know, they, they backed everybody at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, whether you had, you had more than 250000 or not. So we're back to socializing losses, right? But the thing that was funny about that message is and when Josh and I were talking to clients is nobody got the message from the Fed that they were backing everybody, that essentially everybody at those banks was, was insured. Uh, that message didn't get communicated because when we had clients calling us, they were like, oh, I have more than 250000 at this bank or that bank. And I said, well, the Fed just came out and said as part of their deal on Sunday that they're backing everybody, whether they're supposed to be insured or not. So the hard part for me is like we live in this supposedly free market capitalistic society. That is gone. That was, that's been gone for 16 years uh, because we create rules in this country, and then if they don't work out for what we need, we just change them. And and we pick winners and losers, and we and you know they, they say well the the deposit insurance company uh, is going to be covering those losses. Well, guess what? The banks pay into that, and guess who pays the banks? The rest <laughs> of us. So so cost goes up. So it, it is we are back to socializing losses in this country, and there is a really good uh, special on Frontline uh, PBS. You know it's an OPB deal. Frontline. It's called the Age of Easy Money, and it describes. All of what transpired, if you go back to 2006 and central bank being so important in the creation of the Tea Party and the rise of Trump and all of that stuff. But what happened, what happened in this country is we've, got, we've gotten away from governing. And, and both sides are to blame. Both the Democrats and the Republicans are to blame. We don't govern anymore. All everybody cares about is getting their agenda forward and getting themselves on social media. Uh, and so guess who has to pick up the slack? It's the it's the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, and they're not good at it. They don't have the tools to, to – they just have – all they can do is deal with interest rates and these quantitative easing deals. And so we find ourselves in these bust-boom cycles that aren't good for anybody, and it, it creates this huge divide in America. So we have to go back to governing. Politicians have to go back to governing because we're finding ourselves in this situation way too often where our central bank has to come in and do some crazy – create some new – program where they have to change the rules. Well, and the other part of the substance of what they did last week is functionally like QE by another name. And liquidity is actually being added into the system now again in the form of those, the Federal Reserve is basically taking uh, collateral from banks that should be worth 30% less and taking it at par value. So it's like the, it's kind of like creating money out of thin air. But uh, the point behind that is quantitative tightening, which was sort of the 
you know, corollary to the interest rate increases that we spend so much talking about, time talking about, that in essence is ending this week. We also got an inflation print last week, 6% still year over year. So, and then the labor market's still in good shape. So the Fed, in my opinion, should be raising 50 bips next week. They probably will do nothing. Well, another, 25 and, at the and other good economic news that was mostly ignored, uh, which markets would have probably previously interpreted as a positive, uh, was PPI and consumer sentiment both missed meaning leading indicators of inflation showing signs of inflation continuing to cool in the, in the months to come. All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about should you be worried about your bank, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, here and we think you will too welcome to alpine meadows beautifully kept landscaping alpine meadows has one bedroom apartments and two and three bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer beautiful decks patios and designer kitchens alpine meadows is conveniently located next to the dallas california highway and minutes away from orchard parks nature trails a place proud to call home google alpine meadows townhomes professionally managed by norris and stevens you enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Central Oregon is a great way to describe where we live. It's centrally located, close to mountains, rivers, lakes, and within just a short drive of the beach, too. At Thomason Auto Group, they're just like you. They like to get out there and enjoy what this part of the world has to offer. But getting there should be part of the adventure, too. Thomason has hundreds of great cars, trucks, and SUVs, Hand-picked so pretty much anything you're looking for is in stock and just waiting for someone like you to go out and enjoy your next journey because the journey is just as important as the destination. Thomason Auto Group is family-owned with locations in Bend and Redmond. They're close by and ready to help you find the right vehicle to get you out there and enjoy the great Central Oregon outdoors. Enjoy the journey with a little help from Thomason Auto Group. Online at Thomason.com. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. 
If you'd like to sign up for a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement review and we'll get you on our calendar. Um, so, you know, Silicon, th- we're going to, in this segment, talk about should you be worried about your bank? Uh, Josh wants us, Josh wants us to say yes, everybody should be, and then, then you can become a client of Northwest Quadrant. But we're, we're going no, to dig, on, we're gonna dig into that. Um, but Josh shared with, this with me um, from Twitter, I think it is, and this, this sort of sums it up, and we can talk in a second about why the two big banks that have, have had to be rescued what happened, what they were doing. Um, and th- this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but uh, Silicon Valley, and this this is somebody saying this. Uh, this person says, Silicon Valley Bank's implosion is going to have unquestionable impacts on the startup ecosystem. They were basically, they were basically one of the banks that actually understood the unique nature of startups. To give a counterexample, when I went to open a bank account at Bank of America, they asked me how much revenue my company made. They then they asked me how much profit. I was like, uh, we don't make money profit. How about negative a million? Maybe just put zero. I don't know. But look, if I have millions of dollars in funding, yes, I can pay the credit card bill. Silicon Valley Bank was gil- willing to give me a $100,000 credit line, no questions asked. Bank of America was only willing to give me 27000 So think, hopefully you understand the ridiculous nature of the, that person and how they think. And here's, here's the that, deal. That was the go, former CEO of Dutchie. Go, yeah. <laughs> go back. Everybody, go. you can go on YouTube or go re, watch the Frontline documentary called The Age of Free Money. And it will explain so much of what is going to tra- what's transpired and what's going to transpire. It's probably going to make you all very nervous, but it should because here's how it works: interest rates move in much longer cycles than the stock market, and so since 1982, interest rates have been coming down to the point where they interest rates got to zero. When you give human beings money for free, they always have always since the Roman times they have done stupid things with it, and we have seen a lot of that lately. And so central banks around the world made money free, and we saw risk being rewarded unlike it ever has been. And and so it, it made people take more and more and more and more risk. And the thing, the things that happened at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank – so first of all, Silicon Valley Bank was way overexposed to technology companies uh, and individuals. And so their, you know, their risk profile was off the charts. And when interest rates started to go higher, these are the people and the businesses that were starting to get in trouble. Signature Bank in New York was way overexposed to crypto. Uh, And so when you look at Silicon Valley Bank, you know, banking is not difficult, right? It's a really simple business. Uh, But these people, you know, were doofuses. I mean, it was it was a basic mis management of risk. I mean, and, it, and, and the risk was easy for us to see. I mean, Josh and I would never have taken long duration risk in any part of our portfolio, especially our clients' money. But that's exactly what these doofuses were doing. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's so, they, it could have been avoided so unbelievably easy if they had just not been so stupid with their risk management, because that's all that, there's well, nothing else you can say. It was just they just were doofuses that didn't know what they were doing. And there's this assumption by people that, well, they must know what they're doing if they're the CFO at a bank or the treasurer at a bank. No, these guys were idiots. There, there's no other way to, to, to explain it. They, they just didn't know what they were doing. They had tons of duration risk. They were literally picking up pennies in front of a steamroll. They were trying to get a little bit more yield you know, on, but taking a tremendous amount more risk. And then when rates went higher... Guess what? They had this huge gap, and they and then they went to the market and they said we have to issue stock to to shore up our capital. And people said, wait, why do you have to issue stock? That doesn't make any sense. And smart people like Peter Thiel said to his 
his companies that they, they invest in get your money out of this bank, and then you know because of social media, it blew up. And then once a run on the bank starts, there's no stopping. But remember why they were doing that in the first place, and why they were going long duration is because you know, like Chuck Prince said, of a city back in 2008. You got a dance while the music playing. Well, but so and the, the executives here's there. The, here's the problem: their the compensation between, is linked to earnings no, 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 per share. No, 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 no. They went that's, out the that, curve. That's not valid. That's not valid. Well, that's that why is, they did it. But it's not. It, it's not actually true because if you look at. In, in the when Chuck Prince was talking about, they just were issuing more and more mortgages, right? That was a different deal. That was like issuing more mortgages, packaging them together, selling them. This this deal, the risk return story made no. They, at least in the, in 2007, there was a return, right? They were adding a ton more risk, but there was a return. In this deal. There was no difference in yield between buying a 30-year treasury and buying a two-year treasury. It didn't make it didn't matter. So it was like it did you, when they were buying it. You idiots are taking tons. But but come on, you're, you're you're saying to me that these people didn't understand interest rate risk. They don't understand well, the basic math the of how itself, bonds trade. The bank itself didn't even have a chief risk officer for the duration of 2022. But and then they become the, like you know one of the biggest banks in America, and they don't literally understand the basics of how bonds trade, and that they didn't think interest rates were going to go up when the money supply increased by 40%. I mean, this is all stuff that was so abundantly obvious. You know, we always talk about it's hard to predict the future, and that's true as it relates to stocks. But in the bond market, the last five years, it wasn't hard to figure out what was going on. And to us, the hardest part about it, the, the, the most obvious part about it for us was that yeah, it, normally if the bond market was trading normally, it made some sense to have some long duration because you got rewarded for it financially. That didn't exist. It didn't matter if we took more duration risk or more credit risk because we didn't get compensated but for it. But you know the dilemma with groupthink and particularly in Silicon Valley, it's almost like they've, you know, the Kool-Aid has been downed to an extent that maybe you've never seen before in American history as far as this perception of <laughs> the future and yeah, I mean, you know, it's like this yeah, but that, maniacal, that has nothing, maniacal but that religious, has nothing to do but, with, but the context window of the people allocating that money is so, so short and money, many of them are, wait, wait, they weren't running a technology company. They were running a bank. Did they misunderstood what they were doing? They were running do you think a bank. That they made a discern. Do you think that they actually made a distinction between being a, a financial, uh, a financial services business and a technology company, most of those people want to be both. Yeah, but I mean, it, to me, it's so simple. If you're running a bank, I mean, did banking Silicon, is really easy. It's they not definitely, a difficult thing. The bank itself definitely never traded the banking at a bank multiple. Well, the other part for me that was really funny is maybe a week and a half, or, or sorry, about three weeks ago, Jim Cramer was uh, pimping the stock, saying it was cheap when it was trading at over $200 a share. Uh, and now it's defunct and all the shareholders are getting wiped out. So another reason not to listen to charlatans picking individual stocks. Of course, CNBC is never going to address the fact that Jim Cramer three weeks ago was spent 10 minutes pimping the stock and telling people, his listeners, to buy it. So, again, another reason you all – we didn't even get to should you be worried about your bank. But another reason that points to indexing, right? Indexing is the way to go because – you know, even though your 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 account might have been down based on what was going on, nothing in your portfolio blew up because Silicon Valley Bank, the stock was a, a can't miss because guess what? All the smart money was invested there, and of course, the people that deposited way more than the two hundred fifty thousand dollars are going to be made whole because the central bank says, "Oh, we can't." You know, these it wasn't their fault. Give me a break. Socializing losses. All right, if you uh, want to sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, go, to our we- go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. Just say, add me to your e-newsletter list. Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets. So go to our website and get added to that list. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your emails, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Bend. At Washington Trust Bank, can't is a four-letter word. I think we should hire more people. Good talk. I'm late for a meeting. I'm thinking of starting my own practice. Ooh, can't do it. Too much capital. We need a warehouse. I can't imagine how we do that. We should knock that wall down and expand. Can't do it. There's always another wall beyond the wall. Washington Trust Bank. We believe you can do whatever you set your mind to, and we'll help you get there. Visit watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank. Member FDIC. You might find yourself in need of more than a few fine things for almost any occasion. Try the Cosmic Depot, the general store of delights right here in the heart of Bend. Perhaps a satchel of organic chamomile for your tea, an amethyst ring for your pointer finger, or a fairy sitting on a toadstool to hold your stick of incenses on your list, or a gift that means more and costs less than all the rest. Cosmic Depot has them. Feel free to try the Tibetan singing bowls until you find the one that resonates to your liking. Take a flip through the sticker book and see if you find what you're looking for to set your water bottle apart from the rest. Cosmic Depot stocks a rainbow of tapestries and candles of all variety to gussy up the abode. You may need some sweet hippie garb for your rambling or a new hat for your bean. Maybe a bottle of patchouli. Wait, maybe plumeria. Ooh, how about green apple? The Cosmic Depot is your enthusiastic, stockiest for all things offbeat and wonderful. Open daily Cosmic Depot is at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend or online at thecosmicdepot.com. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. At Cascade Mattress and Furniture, you'll find some of the most trusted brands in the sleep business, like Sealy and Tempur-Pedic. Your local connection for national brands can serve you in Bend and their second location in Redmond. Cascade Mattress and Furniture also offers affordable bed-in-a-box options. No need to order online when you can test it first. Find it in stock and get the guaranteed lowest price. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory Stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris & Stevens. This is Clark at Prestige Senior Living High Desert. Every year, one quarter of adults suffer a fall, but there are steps that can be taken to reduce the risk. Join Prestige Senior Living High Desert on Thursday, March 23rd at 2 p.m. for a free webinar with certified athletic trainer Adrian Cajigas. He will provide expertise on the physical factors that can lead to falls, fitness routines for older adults to build strength, and advice on fall-proofing the home. You can sign up for the free webinar at prestigecanhelp.com. Again, that's PrestigeCanHelp.com. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Josh and I were just debating if we were going to have to recreate the tea party, start throwing tea into the Boston Harbor, uh, because, you know, this country, uh, we're socializing. We are headed towards social. Uh, we're not headed toward it. We are full on a socialist economy at this point, because 
uh, it is democratic it is, democratic socialism. Well, but the reality is, and it's like it's not it's both parties, and and I know they like there's certain parts of the Republican Party that like to think they aren't socialists, but. I mean, everybody does. It's just crazy, the socialism we have in this country, because so everybody can still go on their vacations to Hawaii. It's like, w- <laughs> wait a second. Recessions are really important. They're, they have, you know, some of the greatest businesses in the world cr- were created during recessions. You can't, you know, creative destruction is really, really important. Um, okay, so I guess I'm going to stick to my theme of everybody thinking I'm a hater in the housing market. But uh, so most of you have uh, your adult, experience is with interest rates declining, right? Interest rates peaked in 1982 and have been coming down and got to zero. Uh, And so all fixed assets uh, have done very well over that period. The bond market, long bonds did almost as well as stocks over that period with a fraction of volatility. The housing market did very well. Uh, Anything related to real estate did very well because if you think about housing from an income standpoint, you know, uh, with declining rates, you know, income was going, the income was going up uh, and the price was going up. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, we, we created this world where all fixed assets, fixed income assets did really, really well. Well, if we go back to where rates are going to normalize and then go higher over time, those assets aren't going to be quite as attractive. And so the housing market faces a lot of headwinds. And I'm not just talking about this year. I'm talking about like for the decade to come. One of them is the f- a lack of affordability. Only one in five homes in the U.S. for sale uh, in 2022 are affordable. Uh, affordable equals mortgage payment less than 30% of median income. Um, and so, uh, you know, right now that, that number, there, there's just a lot, there's a giant lack of affordability. Even with the recent declines, housing affordability is worse today than that the peak of the last housing market. So if you think about, obviously, house prices have come in, but affordability, because of what has happened to mortgage rates, is worse right now than at the peak of the last housing market. The median American household would need to spend 43% of their income to afford a median priced home. What does that tell you? It tells you prices are coming down. Incomes aren't going to go up enough to, to get to affordability. So it tells you house prices have to come down. Um, the mortgage payment needed to buy the median priced home for sale in the U.S. was moved up to $2,563, a new all-time high. A year ago, uh, that was under 2000 Three years ago, it was under $1,500. So affordability becomes a problem. Uh, over 7% of the U.S. homes are now worth at least a million dollars, down from the peak uh, of 8.6% in June of 2022. Um, the monthly mortgage payment on a million-dollar home in January of 2020 was $3,600 versus $5,100 today. Uh, so affordability is a big issue in the housing market, and incomes aren't going to go up enough. Uh, to get us there. And the other thing is builders are building houses like crazy. Uh, this always happens, though, when there's this, like, dirt, you know, there's no supply, builders overbuild, and then, then that becomes a problem, too. So I'm not a, a hater. Like, look, I think housing, you know, owning your home is a good long-term thing to do. But speculation in the housing market right now especially is really dangerous. Um, and I'm just stating the facts. I'm not – this isn't me like trying to find this stuff. This is readily available data. Uh, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to buy well, a new house. When you watch point. like congressional testimony in Powell the week and a half ago in front of Congress and the congressional officials berating him for raising interest rates and increasing the price of housing, like – you know, I mean, ultimately, that's going to be a good thing for affordability, of course, and no one's willing to wait it out. And, you know, the short term nature of poli- the political cycle is, you know, many of those people may not even be there by the time that dynamic normalizes. But in the long run, that's the kind of stuff that is better for the foundational integrity of the country and is going to lead to enhanced political stability because participation in society and being able to afford a house on a median wage, like that's what we all need and that's what we should want. And it's it's healthy for the economy. Uh, so, you know, the other thing is those doofus don't realize that how much worse in long-term per- inflation sticking around would be for the average American than a recession and, and improving. All right, let's tackle some emails. Uh, Dennis in Redmond. Uh, my wife and I have over $3 million in combined retirement assets. Congratulations. And plenty of income with PERS and Social Security. We also have almost a million dollars in the bank earning very little. My question is, should I buy a ladder of CDs as our banker suggests, or there are better are there better options for our safe in quote safe money? Thanks, love the show. Well, 
our answer might have changed pretty dramatically here over the course of the last few days. You know, of course. Come on, don't say that. <laughs> that's that's not true. Not for me, at least. <laughs> what happened in the last five days has nothing, no impact on the answer to this question. Yeah, well, I mean, there's. I think there's better options out there than a CD ladder specifically. And that was true a week and a half ago, and it's true today. And you know, CD, CD rates. If they're not immediately reflecting it, uh, we'll start to reflect the decline in bond yields here over the next few days and weeks, to sh to be sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I, the Treasury market is going to be your best choice. And, you know, you can either go to Treasury Direct or use an advisor or however you want to do it. But you're building a ladder on your own uh, in lieu of parking that those funds at a bank because the bank is going to be basically doing the same thing. I mean, they're just using a treasury and sending you the CD and taking the spread and the spread meaning you're getting less than a comparable treasury at the same maturity. And so the other thing I'd say is like high yield savings accounts are super underutilized, especially amongst older people. And I know there's a lack of familiarity or maybe even a distrust of online banking, but there's CD-like rates available for completely liquid instruments, meaning a high-yield savings is liquid daily. There's not that lockup requirement, and I see a lot of people are reticent to use it, but uh, it seems like a really attractive option in my estimation. This is one of the things that actually worries me about the banks going forward is that, you know, like you said, Dennis, um, you're earning no next to nothing at your bank. Uh, and so your inclination is to move it out of the bank where there's plenty of other options that are close to risk free as being at the bank. They just don't have the same uh, insurance that it, it, the federal government uh, applies to them. And so this this worries me because, Dennis, just like you, our whole client base is asking us about this. And that's true of people around the country. And so this is actually the biggest problems banks have. It's not that the banks don't maybe have good balance sheets. It's that they, if people start withdrawing deposits in mass, uh, that's what they call a run of the bank. And that becomes a problem. And as Josh said, and I said in a couple segments ago is that even though the fed said we're going to backstop two fifty and above, uh, Nobody heard the above 250 part, and so that was lost um, in translation somehow. Um, the other thing, Dennis, that you can consider is just a, is a money market. You know, so money markets. Josh talked about uh, online high yield saving. Money market um, would be buying short term treasuries. You know, 90 to paper or less, and and the yield on money markets is pretty attractive. And the good news about money markets is when rates move, uh, you know, if they move higher, the the yield on money markets uh, move quickly. And and you can you know most money markets you can have a checkbook on them, so it's pretty liquid. But you know you can get probably four four times what you would get in the bank. So uh, there are a lot of options out there, but it's those options are what worry me about the banking sector going forward. Um, you know, the other thing that you're going to be doing, like if Josh, like Josh said, is if you're buying treasuries, if you're buying treasury bonds or notes, uh, you, you want to make sure you're laddering them meaning buying different durations. So because obviously interest rates have come down, but, you know, our opinion is that interest rates will probably steadily go back higher. Uh, and, and and so you want to make sure you are always having bonds mature so that you can take advantage of that. Um, or, you know, if, if if interest rates go lower, I guess you could sell them at a profit. So there are a lot of options, Dennis, for people like you um, that are listening that are you're going to do a lot better than you would at the bank. Um, but they come with a little bit different risk profiles and not a lot more, but, um, you know, and if you are buying treasuries, you have to remember you, you want to make sure you're buying them, uh, to hold them to duration because, um, you know, if interest rates can move and that's going to affect the price of the bonds that you're buying. So, uh, there are a lot of options, but it's also that optionality that scares me as it relates to the banks. From, going from the forward. perspective of the banks, remember, like they have the option of paying you, uh, as a depositor, but <laughs> it ruins that's, that interest. That's going to impact their profitability, and hence, you know, the you see the stocks that are getting hammered the most are the ones with the biggest uh, amount of non-interest-bearing deposits. All right, if you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So, if you have at least five hundred thousand dollars of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. Eight hundred seven four three. 0988 or go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com Get your free one hour retirement review Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988 
Again, 800-743-0988. Since 1999, Auto Network Group, ANG and Bend, has been delivering on the American promise of driving excitement. Hi, Fred Johnson here. Auto Network Group buyers scour the market selecting only the best of the best. Cars, trucks, SUVs, vans, and top-of-the-line RVs. They have the brands you can trust. Let Auto Network Group match your active Central Oregon lifestyle with the perfect vehicles for things you love to do. The buying experience at ANG is streamlined. Apply online, get pre-approved financing, select your new late model car, truck, SUV, or RV. And in three easy steps, you can be driving something new. They take pride in their 100% positive feedback rating. Go to ANGBend.com to see their big inventory and see what other satisfied customers have to say. Or stop in today at Auto Network Group, just behind Target on Robo Lane and Bend. Auto Network Group, delivering driving excitement. You might find yourself in need of more than a few fine things for almost any occasion. Try the Cosmic Depot, the general store of delights right here in the heart of Bend. Perhaps a satchel of organic chamomile for your tea, an amethyst ring for your pointer finger, or a fairy sitting on a toadstool to hold your stick of incenses on your list, or a gift that means more and costs less than all the rest. Cosmic Depot has them. Feel free to try the Tibetan singing bowls until you find the one that resonates to your liking. Take a flip through the sticker book and see if you find what you're looking for to set your water bottle apart from the rest. Cosmic Depot stocks a rainbow of tapestries and candles of all variety to gussy up the abode. You may need some sweet hippie garb for your rambling or a new hat for your bean. Maybe a bottle of patchouli. Wait, maybe plumeria. Ooh, how about green apple? The Cosmic Depot is your enthusiastic, stockiest for all things offbeat and wonderful. Open daily Cosmic Depot is at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend or online at thecosmicdepot.com. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Learning Express Toys wants to keep the kid in each of us happy. They want it to be easy and fun to make your kid's birthday party the best. Check Learning Express Toys' website and explore their birthday box registry. Kids can make their own wish list of favorite toys, and then you can share the birthday box registry with family and friends. That's Learning Express Toys. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. If you would like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short-ish video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in markets, especially as it relates to our clients' money. So if you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, send us an email, just say, add me to your e-newsletter list, and that is all that we will send you. So obviously, the beginning of 2023 was banner in terms of returns for the S&P 500, uh, but obviously, it's come back to earth a bit, uh, suffering a couple pullbacks since the beginning of the year. Um, but that's not unusual with the average intra-year drawdown of 16% since 1928. Uh, and so I'm looking at a chart of uh, the S&P 500 since 1928. And there's a lot of intra-year, uh, big big drawdowns intra-year uh, when the actual market finished up. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you that because I know what's going to happen this year. Uh, but despite the fa that fact, U.S. stocks have delivered an annualized total return of 9.7%. Since 1928, 
improving risk is a feature of markets, not a bug. And that is the thing that people need to remember. Um, you know, stocks, if they delivered smoother returns, the returns would be lower. The reason that stocks do better than almost any other asset class over time is is because of the volatilities, because of all of you that get freaked out and sell and make stocks really cheap uh, so the rest of us can buy them uh, and then reap the rewards. That's the reason stocks do better. Well, and I think a good uh, first quarter of 2023, a good lesson in risk, how risk premiums work too. Small caps topped out on February 2nd up 14%. The S&P was up about eight and a half and small caps now down down 2% on the year and the S&P uh, still clinging to 2% gains year to date. But uh, you, you know that small cap performance premium over time, the trade-off, like all things in life, there is an unavoidable trade-off. And of course, the trade-off is a higher degree of volatility. So the theme of this week's show clearly is social, the socialization of the American economy. <laughs> uh, we're headed further down that road. But um, we've had 550 bank failures in the last 20 years. The rules are the bank's assets get sold to repay the uninsured depositor. So when a bank fails, historically, all of the bank's assets get sold, and then anybody that get, didn't get made hold by FDIC gets whatever is sort of left. So they get pennies on the dollar usually. Uh, below are the recovery rates for, the, for 50 failed banks. You've never heard of them, so they have to play by the rules. No billionaires were pulling strings for these banks. And so... Here's the deal. If Silicon Valley Bank had been in Topeka, Kansas, or Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> or Duluth, you know, we would have never, this wouldn't have happened because they would have just let them fail. Well, the 550 banks that have failed in the last 20 years, you can probably, the average person out there can maybe name three. No, probably name none. I mean, well, you know, maybe Wamu because yeah, they're in the Northwest. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that if this bank wasn't, you know, I guess where it is and the people that had deposits there, you know, they were on CNBC and they were doing interviews and, oh, what was me? You know, they, this lady that had all her, all her company's assets there, what was me? You know, I, I'm just the victim here. It's like, no, you're an idiot. You weren't doing proper risk management with your company's money. And so not what was you. When the bank fails and you have over 250000 you're wiped out. That's how the rules work. Well, and that, that data was courtesy of Joe Wang, who runs a fedguy.com, and he does, he's a former Fed trader, but he has pretty intimate knowledge of the banking system. And his point was that the anticipated recovery ratio on the uninsured deposits at Silicon Valley Bank were in the top tier, meaning that all of those other 550 banks that got wiped out, the majority of them, the depositors actually recovered significantly less than the depositor, the uninsured depositors at Silicon Valley Bank stood to recover. But now they get 100% of it. But now they it. get all of it. <laughs> because they knew the right people and they were, you know, polit you know, again, this is why Americans, you know, a lot of people in this country are upset. They're not really sure. They're saying, I'm getting screwed somehow. I'm just not sure. Guess what? It's worse than you think. It's way worse than you it's think. It's far, if far this, worse than If you this think. bank, again, was in Kansas, they would have just let them go, and and the people that had money above the two hundred fifty thousand would have gotten pennies on the dollar. But because it was in Silicon Valley, and there were some politically high-profile people, guess what? They're all made whole, and some of them are getting hundreds of millions of dollars that should have been wiped out. Unbelievable. Okay, we, we want to talk about you shouldn't make the same mistake as Silicon Valley Bank. And so what are the lessons that you as an individual investor can learn or your advisor could have learned from the fallout of Silicon Valley Bank? And, you know, Josh and I, if you've listened to our show, we were we were literally avoiding, we were doing the opposite with our portfolio that the folks at Silicon Valley Bank were. And hopefully if you've listened to our show and you understood what we were talking about, you did the same because it was it was to us an absolute no brainer. Nothing had been more obvious in my investment career starting in 1998 than this, which was to stay short duration. So, Josh, explain the mistake that the people at Silicon Valley made that a lot of people still are making and that we have avoided so uh, so brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we didn't look brilliant uh, for the first couple of years of that trade, of course, because uh, you know, when we, the, those short duration instruments that we implored our uh, listeners to buy, as well as we bought for our clients and for ourselves, uh, you know, they paid a tenth of a percent at the top end uh, over that two and a half year period. But uh, so, what what, that, what Josh well, means is we were buying 
really short, one year or less U.S. Treasury well, bonds. Really, one to six months. And, you know, you basically, net of inflation, are losing money. You're guaranteed to lose money on, in real terms by buying that. But uh, what they were doing is just going 30 years down the curve or, in, you know, the different weightings, but starting at 10 and going out to 30. And, you know, it's not actually too uncommon. We've seen a ton of portfolios lately uh, where the advisor was doing the exact same thing. They were buying mortgage bonds maturing in 2045 with a two and a half percent coupon. And when did that ever make sense? Uh, it, it just it just didn't. And so what we when we say, like, don't make the same mistake as Silicon Valley, like we are seeing all sorts of different people do this. And it's mostly in mortgage backed debt. Uh, but they were they're buying instruments that are maturing in the 2040s with two and a half percent or three percent coupons. It, that was always a trade where you're going to get your face ripped off. The only question was when. And it just happened, I think, sooner than maybe anyone anticipated. But it was always going to happen, whether it happened in five years or two years. It just never was the risk reward never penciled. So there's the famous saying you, you find out who's been swimming naked when the tide goes out. And so the Federal Reserve raising interest rates made the tide go out. And so we are now, this, you know, this is always, when this happens, it's always like this big surprise. But this, you know, we didn't know who, who was, who was going to be swimming naked, but I knew there were going to be people swimming naked. And this, there's more to come. There's more to come in crypto. There's more to come in technology um, because interest rates are going to keep going higher. I mean, 6% is still a long ways away from 2% on the inflation rate. And so interest rates going higher, or what Silicon Valley Bank had to write down 1.6 billion in assets on the bond portfolio that they bought, and 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 that happened last year in the bond market for a lot of individuals. And it just doesn't make sense to us. There will be a time when you can take credit and duration risk. We're not there yet. The Fed still has more work to do. And so, but even if they don't, why are you going to buy a 30-year Treasury or 10-year Treasury or even a five-year when you can get more yield in a six-month? Like it just doesn't make sense to us. And so. Why you, your advisor, other advisors out there are making these – it's because they don't know what they're doing, and that's just what it comes down to. There's so many people that profess to know what they're doing, and when in actuality, they have no flipping clue. All right. If you would like to be part of the program, you have a question or comment, call us, 877-670-7117, or send us an email. Go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth. Com. We, when we come back, we're going to talk about what you should be doing with your old 401ks and 403bs. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 